Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is the Bitcoin Block Billy coming to you once again with an early rise show of coffee and crypto. How we doing out there? How we doing out there? How we doing out there, everybody? Um, streaming live right now via YouTube and Facebook. Record a new Money Matrix podcast available on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor.com. How we doing out there? How we is that Anchor.com? Let me look real quick. I think it's Anchor. Anchor.com, if I'm not mistaken. Let me make sure real quick. Anchor.fm, excuse me. It's anchor.fm. <clears throat> excuse me. Correction. We got a couple of stories coming through right now. Um, as we can see, right now we got a market cap of $276 billion, $256 million, $375. No, $375,344. We got a 24-hour volume of $17,741,485,953. BTC dominance right now, according to Live Coin Watch, is at a 64.89%. We can see Bitcoin up trading about above $10,000 as of right now. Ethereum coming in at 216.55 as an average. Now, when we go take a look at the actual market cap, let's see. Let's go to trading view. That way I can give you a, a, a better visual of the market cap and which route it's headed and which direction it's going. <clears throat> as well as the dominance of Bitcoin itself. This is going to be real, real momentary. Just in and out real quick. Whereas those that are listening in or will be listening in on the New Money Matrix podcast will not be able to see this visual. So I don't want to get too caught up on it. But we do have a nice couple of stories coming in today. One coming in from Yahoo Finance. Entitled, America Hasn't Done This in 10 Years, and it's fire for Bitcoin. This is Yahoo Finance we're talking about here. Next, we got Cointelegraph coming in saying, Goldman Sachs, executive confident, nothing else has payoff as Bitcoin. Let's see what they're talking about over here. I don't know, I don't know what, what, what they mean by that. <clears throat> and the last story we're going to be going over from Coindesk.com. Investors can now trade Ethereum. Excuse me, Ethereum is the platform or the, the uh, blockchain. Ether. And British Pounds, or Ethereum is the company, let me say that, the foundation. Investors can now trade Ether, which is actually the cryptocurrency, and British Pounds on the same blockchain. Interesting. Let's see what they got going on over there. Let's head over here to Trading View real quick, first and foremost. Let's see. Let's look at our total market cap, $276 billion, $778 million as of right now. There we go. There we go. This is the total market cap right here as calculated by TradingView, mind you. Let's clear some of this up real quick so you don't have to see all that mess. <clears throat> and we see the market cap coming from the high over here of almost a trillion dollars. Coming down to a low, 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 low price of $90 billion and back up right now to $267 billion, family. Beautiful growth. Now... I want to show y'all something. This is and this is why the dominance is what it is with Bitcoin. In fact, where's my Bitcoin dominance at? There it is. Let me slide this back up here. So we'll put our Bitcoin dominance right here above our Bitcoin market cap. So this is the cryptocurrency market cap. This is Bitcoin market cap. And this is Bitcoin. I'm gonna show you all that one more time, just to show you how much Bitcoin dictates what happens with this whole market altogether. Let me shrink this down to give you more of a a, a look. <clears throat> Let's do this once again. This is the total cryptocurrency market cap. This is all the cryptocurrencies in one, not just Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Ripple, even Doge. Um, the cryptocurrencies. 
over 2,000 different ones that give us a $267 billion market cap. Now, looking at the total overall market cap and the fluctuation in the price action and how it moves, and then we come and we look at the cryptocurrency, or excuse me, Bitcoin market cap. Remember, this is Bitcoin. This is the market cap. This is only Bitcoin, which is $178 billion of the $267 billion, right? Which is why it mimics it so much. And then this is Bitcoin itself. Damn, look at that. Almost a mirror image, correct? So, we get almost... Now, which one comes first? Which, which you know, who came first, the chicken or the eggs? Which one do we watch to tell us in which route we may go? Now, let's real quick take a look at the dominance. Now, the dominance gives us a different story. This is how dominant Bitcoin is over all the rest of the cryptocurrencies. Let's see. Let's go back to a weekly, monthly. Let's give us a, a, a wow! Look at that. From almost a hundred percent dominance back in 2015, from 14 up until around the time that Ethereum came out. <laughs> And really put an end to Bitcoin dominance. But we are coming back. We are coming back. Will it ever get back up to 100%? I mean, not with the likes of Ethereum and other such cryptocurrencies in the uh, in the market now, no, uh, is my opinion. Let's take a look at uh, Ethereum dominance if we can find. In fact, we can. Hold on. Market cap Ethereum dominance. Here we go. So we can see as, as Bitcoin gains in dominance, almost as an inverse to that, is Ethereum. There we go. Yep, that's the inverse. So we can see we came up, hit the top, broke back down, and then we've been up. We can see we came down, hit the bottom, came up. And then we've been down. So that's a complete, then the uh, uh, exact inverse to Bitcoin's dominance. I don't know if y'all can peep that. They're mirror images of the other. Mirror images of the other. In fact, let me show you. Hold on. There you go. So that's Ethereum upside down. That's inverse. That's Bitcoin. Alright, so getting over into the first story. And I know I probably jagged off about five minutes over here on the damn new new money matrix. Uh okay, no problem. Okay, so just got a cancellation of the boot camp class for this afternoon. That's okay. That is okay. Perfect. Alright. Um Moving off into the first story, and I do apologize for taking all that time talking about the damn charts. And I said, just said I want to go talk, take all that time talking about the charts. Um, real quick, before we do begin, let me scroll through one last time, see who all I got checking in with me. Ms. Naj, peace, queen, how we doing? Peace, 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 family. I, I hope we've uh, shared this out. For those that are tuning in right now, I hope we're taking the time to share this out. Loud and clear on Facebook. Thank you, thank you. Ms. Joseph, Brother Marco, Brother Houston, Ms. Brown. Miss Atkins, brother Houston, go ahead and uh, hit the uh, hit the DM. Get a couple of minutes to go on, go on later on. 
right, here we go. So, first of course, uh, first story coming up first. America hasn't done this in 10 years, and it's fired for Bitcoin. Um, the U.S. Federal Reserve is expected to cut the target interest rate on Wednesday for the first time since the global financial crisis a decade ago. This policy shift is gasoline for Bitcoin. Now I'll reiterate what they just said. The, the Federal Reserve is cutting the interest rate, something they have not done since the global financial crisis over 10 years ago. So what does that tell you about the current financial state that we live in? Anybody? Anybody? Any telltale signs? Travis King or Kling saying tomorrow Bitcoin will experience the first Fed rate cut in, in its history. Let's see how it affects it. One, the low interest rates. What is this? Oh, never mind. Okay. Wait, what? Oh, here we go. There we go. Let's get rid of that. Get this one pulled up. And I do apologize for the slow moving of the laptop or the computer itself and loading up. All right, so first, low interest rates cannibalize your savings. Low interest rates are designed to encourage spending and investing, not saving. Think about it like this. The best savings account in the United States only offer 1.9% interest. If the Fed cuts, you can expect that to go lower. I'm going to say that one more time for those that have not entered the decentralized finance space. So let me give you a little, little, let me see. Let's take a look real quick. I don't think I got anything over here in Compound Finance. Let's see. Let's hit the app up. This is this is what you utilize for interest-bearing accounts, and we're gonna see the interest rates that we're able to gain over here versus using a traditional financial institution. So we can see our uh, monthly, excuse me, yearly supply APR, which is annual percentage uh, return. In fact, we got a difference between an APR and an APY. Let's look that up real quick. Now, the thing you want to understand about DeFi, which, um, man, I can't wait till I'm done with this book. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking it down so sick, so slick in this book for y'all. In fact, I'm going to give y'all a preview of my book. I'm going to give y'all a preview for those that are tuning in. Um, so the interest rate is the cost of borrowing the principal loan amount. The APR is a broader measure of the cost of the mortgage because it includes the interest rate plus other costs such as broker fees, discount points, and some closing costs expressed as a percentage. So this is what you pay back on a loan. Now the reason the compound has two APRs is because you can borrow with a 4.29% APR for basic attention token, 17% for die, or you can loan and the Borrower will be paying you back 12.89% die, 0.3% basic attention token, 0.1% Ethereum. You understand what I mean? So where they're saying that the banks right now are the best bank is going to give you interest of one point, what was it, 1.19%? One, no, 1.9% interest. Over here you can get 12.8% interest. 
and 9.5% interest. And I'm focusing in on DAI and USDC for the simple fact that these two are stable coins, so it's dollar for dollar. Right? Now, with wrapped Bitcoin, you can get 0.1%. This is just an Ethereum-based Bitcoin. Right? So, you can compare that to what the traditional financial institutions are giving you today. What was I looking at over here? Was it something that caught my attention? No, it wasn't. In fact, let me see. Where is my... What's in the title of my book? What's the title of my book? Um, there we go. Just to give individuals a, 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 a preview of what I got coming for the, for the people. Quick preview. Sovereign-minded aspects of the blockchain are becoming a secure party slash crypto creditor. I'm going to give y'all a little real quick introduction. I'll do it right here and I'll also add it on at the end for those that may come in late. But I'll be getting the book off and this is 100% my words, my thoughts, my mind, what I've been putting together. Um, there's no plagiarism anywhere in here. You're not going to be able to, some of the information that I'm putting in here and the way I'm putting it together, you're not going to find written anywhere else in history because I'm the first one putting this together. Especially with the whole secure party slash crypto credit, there is no such thing. I am the creator of that. But uh, the book goes on to say that sovereignty within this new money matrix is defined as the full right and power of governing one body over itself, especially when handling commercial affairs, without any interference from outside sources or bodies. It is the borderless and permissionless transacting of intangible digital assets. That's my definition of what sovereignty is within this new money matrix. And we go into an introduction, exit the old money matrix. Before you can start to understand transitioning our mind to be sovereign when in thought and handling commercial affairs within what I like to call the new money matrix, we must understand what the new money matrix is. The current monetary system or system of money does not work exactly as we have been brought up to believe. What once was a certificate that represented an actual asset to back it, i.e. gold and silver, has now turned into a promissory note or debtor's note, which we call cash, but is actually a form of legal tender called fiat. Legal tender means it is the official currency to be used within the jurisdiction. Hold on. There we go. Or control of the ruling government. This fiat note is then used to pay all debts, public and private, as it said on every paper dollar, no matter if it's a $1 or $100 bill, meaning that a creditor must accept this Federal Reserve note in satisfaction of a debt. Now remember, we're calling these 100. Even when you call it a $100 bill, dollar and bill are two oxy it's oxymoron. Those are two like opposites. That's like saying you're a boy girl. So the U.S. dollar is only a physical representation of a transaction to discharge the debt that is owed for the goods or services exchanged. The dollar itself does not have any value. Rather, it is backed by the full faith and credit of the people that use it. And the reason I'm going through all this is because for individuals to truly understand this new money matrix that we're going into, decentralized finance, becoming a secure party slash crypto creditor, you got to understand the old system in which you were working in. If you don't understand the old system, you're damn sure not going to understand the new system. So that's why I'm giving people that are going to be obtaining copies of my book a real, real, real introduction into this space that you're not going to get anywhere else. And these are facts. Um, where I leave off at? Here we go. And I, I'm, I'm spilling a lot of the beans, too. Everything within the United States is prepaid for, thus the $22 trillion plus in debt at the time of this writing. In layman's terms, when you give a dollar bill or use a credit slash debit card to quote-unquote buy material items with, 
You're not actually buying ownership of it because there's nothing of value being exchanged from the end of the person giving the money. So you're just giving a piece of paper away to an individual as a means of exchange for something that either appreciates assets or depreciates liabilities in value against the trading instrument, i.e. the dollar. So that gives you a, a, a breakdown of a, tra- a, a commercial transaction that you do when you're using a banknote, i.e. cash. You know, so yeah, this, 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 I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, I got something in store and I, I go deep, I go deep, I go deep. Look at this. Merely being able to transact peer-to-peer does not in and of itself fully empower the people to be sovereign. No, but being able to bank in a decentralized matter without the use of a third party, in my opinion, does put more fuel, this would be fuel, to the fire. Meaning, having the ability to safely secure one's own digital assets or cryptocurrencies in a digital wallet of their choice and holding full custody with the use of private keys is the start. Next, having the ability to hold these digital assets as collateral in a personal wallet all the while interacting with a dApp or decentralized application that runs on the decentralized internet known as the Web 3.0 and giving oneself or allowing others to obtain a loan against those digital assets without the use of a third party to accept or deny the loan is another. It is these very actions that allow an individual to become a secure party slash crypto creditor. And I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah, this, this, this right here is going to be one of the... Um, Top eye openers uh, uh, 2020, 2019, 2020? Say 2019. I'm, I plan on having this done within the next couple of weeks or months. But uh, right back to the story. I do apologize for deviating. I do apologize for deviating. But uh, definitely, definitely, definitely something that um, individuals got to... Uh, we got to check it in. What's going on, Brother Walter, Brother Tapper, Miss uh, Payne, Brother Hill, Brother Trotter? Peace, 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 peace. You gotta let me know when that's available. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mo, what's what's well with it, sir? What's the drawing, law? Yeah, but everything y'all just heard straight from my mind to the pen and pad. No, no, no double. Like I said, the shit I'm writing, y'all not gonna find anywhere in recorded history. Not how I'm putting this stuff together. So definitely be on the lookout for that book, man. Definitely be on the lookout for that book. But um. Going right back into the story. Let me get back to the story we were going over. I do apologize for deviating. I do apologize for deviating. Oh, hold on. Where are we at? Hold on. There we go. All right. Um, where do we leave off at? There we go. At the same time, the Fed's targeting a 2% inflation rate. So your savings are growing slower than everything else around you. Hold on. Let me rewind the tape. Go back and start this over. Think about it like this. The best savings account in the U.S. only offer 1.9% interest. If the Fed cuts, you can expect that to go lower. At the same time, the Fed targets a 2% inflation rate. And I've told y'all this plenty of times for anyone that has a savings account, how it on the surface level, it's not what it is. Anyways, they're, they're actually breaking some of that down to you now. So, the, te- the Fed targets a 2% inflation rate. So, your savings are growing slower than everything else around you. You're losing money in a low interest rate environment. Look at this chart from J.P. Morgan's private bank, which shows the long-term decline of the dollar's value. Man, I, I, I'm so happy they're speaking on this shit now. Because it's stuff that I've been talking about for a while. And people thought I was plumb the fuck, like plumb shit crazy. Talk, you know, just speaking out against the dollar after me being who I was and, you know, how I lived my life and worshiping the dollar as I was. For me to speak out against it now, saying that it, it, it's not worth shit, it's really a depthless tool, it's, it's not to be, you know, 
immortalized or worshipped in the way that we do. And, you know, a lot of the music and, and media was put out there to, quote unquote, get us addicted to the dollar. When at the end of the day, those that live in the know or know what's going on are looking at us like, like, damn, why they, <laughs> fuck they so worried about that piece of paper for? It's just an instrument. Like, I, it's, it's even hard for me to even explain it the way that I understand it in my own mind. But I, I, it just, it ain't what it is. Anyways, Bitcoin is different. Bitcoin rewards savings because its supply cannot be diluted. No central authority can devaluate Bitcoin. Devalue Bitcoin, excuse me. Its value is solely determined by demand. Over the long term, this has played out in a steadily increase, in a steadily rising return for Bitcoin holders. So this is Bitcoin's long price trends versus the dollar. Right? See a difference here? Dollar ain't been doing too good since 1985. Number two, if investors look for better returns in Bitcoin. Cutting rates is designed to encourage investors to put their money in the market. But after a decade of low interest rates, it's not easy to find a good return. Now, how many of us out there bank not truly knowing what banking is or what we're doing or why we're giving them our money or why they're charging us this or what even the interest rates we're supposed to get back even mean? Right. How many of us just put our money in the bank blindly because it's what we've been taught to do. No. 13 trillion worth of bonds now have a negative yield. Let me let me let me let me stop right here. This is another thing. I like to go over that which I don't think everyone may understand because it makes the whole article and what we're talking about more understandable to everyone that's tuning in. Look, negative yields could be the death of the bond market. Look what they're talking about. Negative yield debt hits record $14 trillion. It's Fed's cut. In 2019, the share of global government bonds trading with a negative yield has risen to 29%. It's highest level since October of 2016. Negative yield debt is a strange phenomenon. Buying a bond with a negative yield means that the investors are pay willing to pay, in this case, governments to keep their money safe. How do negative interest rate bonds work? A negative interest rate means that the central bank and perhaps private banks will charge negative interest. So instead of receiving money on deposits, depositors must pay regularly to keep their money with the bank. Oh, shit. This is, oh, man. You see how it changes the whole everything you're reading when you figure out what you're talking about? During deflationary periods, people and businesses hoard money instead of spending and investing. And then uh, here's my, my, my favorite go-to, Investopedia. A negative yield bond is an unusual situation in which issuers of debt are paid to borrow. At the same time, depositors or buyers of bonds pay a cash flow instead of receiving interest income. You see how backwards all that sounds, family? I hope y'all picking up on this. Bonds trading in the open market can effectively carry a negative bond yield if the price of the bond trades at a sufficient premium. Remembering that the prices of bonds change inversely with the bond's yield, meaning they go inverse, how I just showed you with Bitcoin and the dollar. The price, 
The higher the price of the bond, the lower the yield. At some point, the price of the bond can increase sufficiently to imply a negative yield for the purchaser. And we'll leave it at that because it, it, we could do a whole day just going over this. But anyways, investors will start. OK, the stock market has delivered strong returns over the last decade. But many Wall Street analysts agree that the party is fizzing out. And let's go back and talk about why they've had retar strong returns over the last decade. If anybody remembers after the financial crisis of 2008 in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 2009? It may have been 2008. It may have been 2009. Obama came out with something called the stimulus package. The stimulus package was an amount of funds, money, cash, debt notes, Federal Reserve notes printed up and given out to the people in order to increase spending in order to bring in money into the market. So we were basically going bankrupt. Man, we've been bankrupt. Let me not say that. Basically, what's going on is the economy was crashing. They went and printed up a whole bunch of money, gave it out to everybody. Everybody started spending. Everything started going back up. That's basically it. They, it, they, they printed money to put into the market to allow the market to flourish. And that bubble is running out right now. That's what I see anyways. Investors will start to look elsewhere to put their money. And it's getting harder to ignore the best performing asset of the decade, Bitcoin. In the absence of traditional yields, investors will cautiously start allocating to Bitcoin. Three, Bitcoin for better economics. Today's rate cut is a good time to think about the broader economics of fiat money. Is endlessly printing money a wise decision? Well, China, Europe, Japan, and the U.S. are all easy monetary policy in a race to stay competitive on the global arena. It might temporarily boost stock markets, but the average person putting their hard-earned money in a savings account is getting screwed, fucked, raped. Excuse my language. Bitcoin may not be perfect, but it's an alternative. Private, sector, personal, sovereign. Bitcoin supply can't be manipulated or expanded at will. It can't be used for global power games. The supply is hard limited at 21 million and no one will ever be, no more will ever be created or printed. Bitcoin's daily supply is programmed and kept in check by an evolving difficulty algorithm. The output is predictable and impossible to manipulate. Bitcoin daily supply decreases and the dollar increases. This shit is so amazing to me. Bitcoin is a scarce asset. And I said this yesterday when I was trying to explain to individuals that have the misconception that cryptocurrency is no different from fiat dollars. It is nowhere near a fiat dollar. It is an asset in which individuals use fiat dollars to purchase and invest in. While the dollar supply is abundant and ever growing, supply and demand economics tell us scarcity is more valuable than abundance. To put this in perspective, Bitcoin will cut its daily supply in half in May of 2020. Let's go back and read that over again. Bitcoin will cut its daily supply in half in May 2020. It's about to get more scarce. At the same time, the Fed is about to flood the market with dollars. Which one would you rather be holding? And I spoke about this previously when we talk about... No, I was just talking to one of the guys about this. How easy it is to get money right now. It's real easy to get what we think is money right now. I don't know if y'all been paying attention to that, though. <sighs> no matter how hard they make it seem out here, money been flowing. I mean, I know where I'm at, man. I'm seeing, seeing these young cats, you know, bust moves for $10,000, 20000 $30,000, here and there. That shit was not that sweet when I was young. It was not that sweet when I was young. In order for you to get $40,000, you had to do a whole lot of uh, 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 elbow grease. 
whole lot of hustling and bustling. There was no um, quick, wrath through, lick, drop check, pick, all that shit, man. There wasn't none of that stuff back then. You really had to get it out the mud to get money like that. I don't know what the fuck they showing over here on this right-hand side. Sex and crypto. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over here. But um, Goldman Sachs, exact confident nothing else has to pay off his Bitcoin. Let's see what the people are talking about now. Raw Powell, a former head of equities and, and equities derivatives at Goldman Sachs United Kingdom office and the founder of global macro investor in Real Vision Group, believes that Bitcoin or BTC is worth betting on in the long term, even if it's just a 1% chance. This and other insights Powell shared while speaking on the Stefan Levera podcast this week. He said, I know all these macro guys. They're all in it. They get it. They get the optionality. They may be complete believers, part believers, partial believers, but even then, if it's a one percent, if it's a one percent chance of being right, and the upside is a hundred x from here, you'll do this shit all day. Potential rewards outweigh the risk, according to Powell. The potential reward of buying Bitcoin far outweighs all the accompanying accompanying risk. In his abstract approximation, eight trillion is a possible figure that BTC market cap could hit in the future. And he explained, so, if it's worth $80 trillion, let's say you have a 10% probability. That's $8 trillion. It's currently worth $200 billion. So even if there's a 1% chance of it working, what it's telling you is that it's ludicrously underpriced if any of these probabilities pay out. He adds that these numbers are crazy attractive. And that's why it's sucking in so many of these macro guys. Because it's like, damn, nothing else has this payoff. Listen to what these people are telling y'all. Nothing else has to pay off the cryptocurrency is bringing into the people. Why are black communities, black leaders, the churches, the go-to guys not talking about cryptocurrency? If you got a financial advisor and they are not talking about investing in crypto right now, you need to either put them up on game and have them look at it. And if they still like, oh, I don't think that'd be a good investment. Fire they dumbass and get you somebody that's up with the times. Because the new money matrix is here. That old shit's out the window. Money under the mattress, out the window. Money in the bank, out the window. Money in the shoebox, out the window. Money in paper, out the window. Just wait. Slowly but for surely, the transitioning is happening. I mean, you can either get with it, get left behind, or, you know, be one of the few. One of the few. Um... He also referred to crypto and analyst Plan B's tweets containing a couple of different stock to flow models based on based around the tapering off in the supply due to scheduling halvings of the BTC block reward. That's another thing with these halvings that are coming in. You know what I'm saying? One Satoshi equals one cent in five years. Hey, say it again, bro. <laughs> say it again. Exactly. Facts, cuz. I feel you. That's why you keep my attention. Peace, 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 Pata. I don't know who that is, but damn, that's what's up. They not ready. Hello. Mac J, what's going on? Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Um, did I leave off that? Ah. Bitcoin is, in, it is predicted to increase to 1 million in coming, in coming years. Notably, the most recent Plan B chart suggests that Bitcoin will increase to $100,000 after next year's halving and to an astonishing $1 million after 2024, which Powell says is not impossible. It's, it's damn sure not impossible. I'm telling y'all right here, when the Satoshi gets to a penny, that means Bitcoin will be worth $100, $100 million. 
Now, yes, it's an option. That, that's what I'm telling y'all. Not them. I'm saying $100 million. Um, and, and, not, and this is the thing we got to comprehend, family. I don't care about the dollar value, meaning, oh, how would it be $100 million? Just because it's $100 million doesn't mean $100 million will have a buying power of $100 million today. This is the biggest thing I try to put forth to people to understand. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everyone wants to be a billionaire. Everyone wants to be a trillionaire. Everybody wants to be a thousandaire. But what if being a millionaire was like being a $100,000 nigga today? Excuse my language. But you get what I'm saying? What if you having a million dollars in the next 10 years is the equivalent to having $100,000 today? Let that sink in for a minute. Because you could be a millionaire in Venezuela right now. Go get a, a million boulevards. In fact, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what the... Uh... Here we go. So one dollar gets you two hundred and forty-eight thousand Venezuelan bolivars. Okay, so let's see. Let's see what this conversion rate is. And I don't even know what I put. I think I probably put more than a million. Uh, what do we put? That's a hundred thousand thousand. I don't know. I'll put a wait, hold on, yeah, that might be too much. Either way it goes though, that's that's a hundred. That's a thousand. That's ten million. Nope, that's a billion, I think. Hold on, I'm trying to get these. Let me see something. That's a hundred, thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, ten thousand. There we go. Oh, I'm not, see, I, and that's the thing, I'll get so caught up on that, I'll be trying to do that shit all day. But y'all get the picture, you can go over there and be a millionaire right now with $4,000 in USD. Go over there and be all the millionaire you want. So, I say that to say this, that we got to get out of this mindset of what dollar denomination of a person we want to be. When that shit is a big ass farce. Like, big old joke. I'm telling y'all, I, I, dollars, I don't care about none of that. I understand financial units of measurement now. More so than I've ever understood it in my life. And I've said this once again, and I'm going to keep saying it. It's not about the dollar amount. It's only about the coin count. I'm going to stop saying that, too, because I'm about to get that shit trademarked. Because it's a lot of little stuff I've been saying. I've been seeing people trademarking this shit behind me. So I need to go ahead and lay claim to that, that which is mine. Intellectual property is, is a mother. Even though I got a lot of it on the blockchain, which can save me later on, I already got to get it really, really, really incorporated. Um, early $200 bet on Bitcoin turned out to be prophetic. Um, executive Goldman Sachs exec also mentioned that he has a long history with Bitcoin and was probably the first person to put together a valuation using the above ground supply and below ground supply of uh, gold and imputing that into Bitcoin, which was basically the stock flow model at a very simplistic level. 
Pal says that, that he first found out about Bitcoin when it was still at 17 cents. He said, I first discovered Bitcoin because some of my clients had begun to mine it when it was at 17 cents. They were running a hedge fund and they happened to have electricity included in their office space and somebody talked to them. They were very, very early adopters. So I wrote an article. I got long around $200. And the rest is history. On July 30th, former Bitcoin bear Joe Kernan also predicted that Bitcoin could hit $55,000 by May 2020, the, next day of the, the date of the next halving. At press time, Bitcoin is trading at around 10000 Now, right now, we're looking at $55,000, $100,000, a million dollars. Like, yeah, that shit's impossible. But what do you think them people when Bitcoin was $0.17? Cents, do you think they ever, in a million years, saw that $0.17 cent Bitcoin at $10,000? I think not. I think not. Let me see how much time we got left on the new Matrix podcast. Check in real quick. We're going on 36 minutes right now and 51 seconds. Still on good timing. Let me see who I got checking in with me real quick. Family, if y'all can, please help assist me in sharing this out. Please help assist me in sharing this out also. I want to reach as many people as possible. As many ears, rather, as possible. All right. Going into the last story. Investors can now trade Ether and British Pounds on the same blockchain. A team of former Royal Bank of Scotland engineers is bringing trading and settlement of digital assets, including cryptocurrencies, to a private blockchain network originally developed for enterprise. Revealed exclusively to Coindesk, London-based Lab 577, led by XRBS Innovation lead Richard Crook, is rolling out its first platform offering. The digital asset shared ledger, DASL, pronounced Dazzle, or Dazzle, is built on top of the Corda network. The open source blockchain system created by R3, a bank consortium that once personified the blockchain, not Bitcoin, ethos of 2015 to 2016. As such, it's a sign of how much the industry has evolved that Dazzle will be used to facilitate the trading of Bitcoin, Ether, and the like. Crook told Coindesk, Crypto is clearly converging with blockchain. We spent quite a lot of time in 2015 separating the two. To make sure we could have a conversion about with a conversion, excuse me, conversation about blockchain, and now here we are converging the two back. Lab five seven seven is working with Prime Brokerage BCB, which will park its client assets, both fiat and crypto, with custodians. Mirrored representations of those assets will trade on Corda in a process known in the blockchain parlance as two layer settlement. A similar arrangement in the works to bring Ethereum tokens into the architecture R three is building for Swiss Stock Exchange six. In this way, investors will be able to conduct both legs of a trade, both legs of a trade, whether fiat to crypto or crypto to uh, crypto, on the same system, and have them settle instantly and simultaneously, instead of waiting days for a bank transfer or minutes, sometimes hours, for a public blockchain confirmation. Shit, institution friendly. BCB says it has a pipeline of clients to bring the quarter via Dazzle, according, excuse me, including a couple of big banks. Oliver Von Landsberg, Sadie, SBC founder and CEO, said his firm is already live with a couple of beta clients settling Ethereum and British pounds bilaterally in a kind of closed environment. It is live in the sense that it's using the live quarter network and the live quarter nodes, but not yet a released product out in the wild. Um, apart from, sp uh, from speed, Crook said plugging a crypto prime brokerage in the quarter network 
the free open source version of R3 Tech makes sense because you have to be a known legal entity to operate on that network. Once again, known legal entity. Hmm. A word that we all should become familiar with, which is Latin. What is it? Enslegis, creature of straw, a fictional entity created out of law. Enslegis, a creature of law, an artificial being, as contrasted with a natural person, applied to corporations considered as deriving their existence entirely from law. So now let's take a look at this. Let's look at UCC um, definition real quick. And this is why I like to tie all this stuff together, because there's honestly no one tying all these things together for y'all, bits and pieces of the puzzle like this. Not with, not, not all of, okay, so, security interests, hold on, what are we looking for? Alright, so just a couple of words to be familiar with. Number one, bank. Bank means a person. I'm going to say that again. Bank means a person. Bank means a person. Bank means a person. Did, were you taught this in school that a bank is a person or a person is a bank? So bank means a person that is engaged in the business of banking, but a bank means so in the business of personing, and includes a savings bank or savings person, savings and loan association, savings and loan person, a credit union, a credit person, or a trust company, which is a person. Now, let's look at the definition of the word trust. Excuse me, a person. Uh, here we go. Person means individual, corporation, business trust, estate, trust, partnership, limited liability company. Yeah, all this is a person. Association, joint venture, government, governmental subdivision, agency, or instrumentality, public corporation, or any other legal or commercial entity. Bingo. So, are you a person? Or do you have a person? But I'm gonna get off all this this lesser shit I be doing. But um, yeah, just know, just always overstand the 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 language that you're using, because best believe it's not what you was taught in school, family. Um, let's get back to the charts though. Let's get back over here to crypto. But all that ties in though. I hope y'all don't think that it doesn't. All of that ties in. What? Oh, that's why I went over there. Oh, okay, so. A, a legal entity can operate on that network. Not a person, not a living human being, just an entity. In other words, banks, persons. See Now, you see how, this, how it makes you look at things different once you understand the definitions of words. So, in other words, persons and financial institutions can rest assured that they are meeting things like anti-money laundering and sanctions compliance. Dazzle wants to assist those regulated financial institutions to be able to deal with digital assets, said Crook. It could be something they want to issue themselves like debt or equity. It could be cash. And some of them want to handle crypto. Prime time. For prime brokerages, a core challenge of crypto is negotiating a host of network structures, wallets, proprietary blockchain protocols, and so on. Similarly, on the fiat side, a, un, excuse me, a unified settlement layer is lacking, said Landsberg Sadie. The UK has a leg up with its faster payment system, he added. But firms still have to deal with a mishmash of payment systems in different jurisdictions. Landsberg Sadie pointed to certain operational challenges around storing and moving crypto safely and also accounting for it in a unified way. Adding, what we have always been on the lookout for is something which is credible 
institutional bridge and a kind of sediment layer for cash and for crypto. To be fair, similar sorts of off-chain settlement arrangements have been created recently. These include ties between custodians and trading firms, Bitcoin with Genesis Tracking, Kingdom Trust and OTCXN, and networks built by crypto-friendly financial institutions for their clients to trade with each other, Silvergate Bank, Signature Bank, and Prime Trust. In the Dazzle Solution, BCB parks crypto in cold or offline storage with Vault, a crypto custodian which works with the insurance broker Aon. The equivalent in the fiat world is physical bank accounts, which, is in, which in this case, British Pounds, will be BCB's banking partner, Clear Bank, said Landsberg Sadie. Using Corda as a sediment layer also addresses the scaling problem, which has dogged the cryptocurrency industry for years. Added Landsberg Sadie, two counterparties exchanging a bunch of Litecoin, for example, would be unaffected by the transaction time of the public blockchain to settle. You don't need to move the physical Litecoin out of its cold storage. You can just represent these as legal entities' entries on quarter. And always remember, there is no physical Litecoin. Everything is just code, binaries, zeros and ones, numbers in the matrix. Keep that in mind, family. There is no coin. No Bitcoin, no Litecoin, no Ethereum coin. Stepping back, settling the fiat side of the trades on the blockchain instantly with cash on the ledger isn't an alluring proposition well beyond the crypto markets. A lot of work is being done to bring digital fiat to distributed ledgers, with projects like Utility Settlement Coin drawing a lot of attention. Crook, whose team started the work of building bridges between public and private blockchains while at RBS with projects like Cordite, said the likes of BCB and also SDX coming on Cordite creates a rising tide, which also will also lift pure enterprise plays being built on the network. In the case of trade finance, you want to have stories of value on-chain, which the macro polos and the trade IXs of the world can use, he said, referring to Corda's base trade finance consortium. So you can get the goods and services to flow one way across the ledger and the payments for goods and services to flow the other way on the same ledger. Family, this is the new money matrix in the raw. So, that is your first half of Coffee of Crypto in the AM with the Bitcoin Block Bully. How we doing out there? We're going on 10.30 right now. So, we've been live for about an hour. 45 minutes and 54 seconds right now in the New Money Matrix podcast. Let's see. Let's take a look at these charts. See how we're looking now. Let me see if we got any questions or comments moving forward also. Family, if you like the information that I'm bringing in a way that I'm bringing it, if you can, please hit the like and or love button, as well as share this out, share this out, share this out, please. Brother Parks, what's going on? Peace, peace, peace. If y'all can, please hit them thumbs up, them thumbs up over there on uh, uh, YouTube. So let's real quick look at the top 20 coins real quick. Uh, coming in number one, we got Big Bank Hank Bitcoin trading at ten thousand ten dollars and well ten thousand eleven dollars nine cent up point three percent within the last twenty four. Ethereum coming in at $216.32 down 1.3% within the last twenty-four. Ripple coming in number three at thirty-one cent down one point seven percent within the last twenty-four. Litecoin coming in at ninety-eight cent eighty ninety-eight dollars and eighty-five cent down 1.31%, excuse me, up one point thirty-one percent within the last twenty-four. Bitcoin Cash coming in at three dollars and twenty-five cent down point eight percent within the last twenty-four. Binance coin coming in at $26.72, up 2.9% within the last 24.9% within the last hour. Coming in number seven, you got the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar tether, trading at $1.01. Coming in number eight, you got EO trading at $4.28, down 1.4% within the last 24. Coming in number nine, you got Bitcoin SV, BSV trading at $141.97, down 4.1% within the last 24. Coming in number 10, you got Stellar XLM trading at $0.08, down 2.4% within the last 24. Coming in number 11, you got Tron trading at two pennies. 
down 2.08% within the last 24. Coming in number 12, you got Cardano trading at 5 cents, down 3.9% within the last 24. Coming in number 13, you got Monero. Monero, top privacy coin, trading at $80.70, down 1.7% within the last 24. Coming in number 14, you got Unset Leo, or Leo trading at $1.29, down 1.8% within the last 24. Coming in number 15, you got Dash trading at $109.25, down 1.03% within the last 24. Coming in number 9, you got Neo trading at $11.59, down 1.9% within the last 24. Coming in number 17, you got IOTA trading at $0.28. Cent. Down 3.05% within the last 24. Coming in number 18, you got Tezo trading at $1.26. Currently long. Up 2.4% within the last 24 hours. Coming in number 19, we got Chainlink trading at $2.13. Down 2.7% within the last 24. And coming in last but not least, we got Adam. Cosmos trading at $3.53. Down 4.7% within the last 24 hours. Family, that is your top 20 coins in the coin market cap. Real quick, let's take a look at the biggest gainers over here. Fast, let's look at the biggest losers first. Silverway down 15% at 57 cents. V Systems 23 cents down 8%. External token, Byte Token, Bytecoin, Crypto.com, Crow, Pundix down, Cosmos, Elf, Ardor. For those that don't know, Crypto.com got their own United States debit card. I'll send a link out later on. Um, Ardor, ICX, Hedge Trade is down, trading at 76 cents right now, down 4.75%. Verge, Ontology, Steam, IOTA, VeChain. Let's see what the biggest gainers are. Japanese content, JCT, we've seen them up here before, up 13%. Theta token up 10%, only trading at 13 cents. XMAX up 7%. UUU network up 6%. KBC up 5% within the last 24 hours. Metaverse up 4%. GXS up 3.8%. Binance up 3.16%. Tezos 2.8%. In fact, let's take a look real quick. Let's take a look at KBC, see how they've been doing since releasing... Being able to turn in, I think it was 100 KBC coins for over one gram of gold. No, for a gram of gold. Let's see if, I mean, looking at it from a asset standpoint, from it being a traded, tradable asset. Let's see how they're doing. KBC, KBC, KBC versus the dollar, coin market cap. Here we go. Carrot guard, here we go. So this is KBC versus the dollar. Let's see how they're faring out right now. <laughs> They don't really want to take a look at GXS. Good stats over the last seven days, though. In fact, let me see. Let's see what Hedge has been doing over the last seven days. 30 days, seven days. Let's see. Over the last seven days, up 8% in fiat, up 14% in BTC, up 44% in Ethereum. Holy shit. I see what I'm attacking on, Hedge. Let's see, KBC now. Where was July? July 4th is right here. And downhill, even exceeding your previous low. Coming down to retest. Hold on, let me turn my magnet off. 
There we go. Coming down to retest your previous previous uh, support. No, excuse me, previous resistance. Look at that. All the way back down here to what is this? Two pennies. So from two cents. So pretty much as a tradable asset. Once they were able to exchange this thing for gold, around nine cents, it dumped down and lost what eighty percent of its value. Right now, you still at a loss of seventy-five percent of your value within what about two? No, about a month. About a month because it was a fourth. So about fifty percent loss within the last month of KBC. So why you got to be careful and know exactly who you're invested in. Now, let's see. That's on the 12 hour. Let's see what kind of bounce we can get from KBC. Not finding a bounce here yet. Oh, there it goes. But it could be a bounce like one of these. Ugh. So be careful when you're out there investing. Let's take a look at some other coins. Let's take a look at Link real quick. In fact, no, you want to watch, let's, let's take a look at QKC. We haven't taken a look at QKC in a while. Let's look at QKC versus Ethereum. Mm. Look at that hourly on the hour chart. QKC. Since July 11th, up 30% versus Ethereum right now. Up 30% versus Ethereum right now. 20 days. Not bad for QKC. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. With that being said, here my grandson up here crying. I'm going to have to go attend to him. We got any questions or comments in closing? Any questions or comments in closing? I wouldn't touch K. <laughs> I was just, I mean, I was just going over it. You know what I'm saying? Um, just going over, taking a look. That's it. Let's see. With that being said, there's no questions, no comments. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm gonna go ahead and end this because this boy up here going crazy. I want to thank everybody who tuned in for the other about to show of coffee and crypto. Until the next one. Stop limits. Due diligence. Learn the chart. Don't buy anything somebody's just telling you to buy with any type of due diligence on your own side. And do not hesitate, even if you don't know what the charts, how to read the charts, right? Just as an example, if somebody tells you to invest in the currency, let's see, let's look at, for instance, XYO Network. Here we go, XYO Network versus the dollar. If somebody shows you a chart, let's look at daily. And it looks like this. And pretty much from the high of December 2018 up until now, it's just been downhill. Don't buy shit like this in hopes of, hey, if it ever pops back up. Because that's anything. I mean, look, I mean, okay, let's look at this. Let's look at this real quick. Before I get out of here, let's look at this. this you know what this reminds me of? That reminds me of a, a traditional stock that I've been, been showing a lot of individuals for a while now. 
Let's go to chart. And with that being said, I'm going to end the New Money Makers podcast. It is still recording. They cannot see any of the visuals. I want to thank everybody that tuned in with me and was able to list or will listen on the New Money Matrix podcast. We're going on 55 minutes and 55 seconds. Until the next one, peace, power, and prosperity. Family, I'm out of here.